0: Everyone still looks uncomfortable. Perhaps it all remembered that old saying, power corrupts around,
1: The Second Officer Slog, Episode 35. I'm your host M and with me is my number 1, Jackson. It's been 6000
0: years since we last watched Star Trek.
1: It's been like 2 weeks. Six
0: thousand years.
1: <laughs> okay, we're recording these way close together than we normally do because you were like, "I'm ready to go for the next book," and I was like, "Sure, we can do that." I
0: guess we are recording these even. This has only been like three weeks. Six thousand yeah. years.
1: <laughs> it's been a, it's been a long three weeks.
0: Who sure is Star
1: has. Trek treating you? Know, how's it? Did you do anything Star Trek related other than this? No, right? No. Neither.
0: No, 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 <laughs> and indeed no. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, so I guess we'll just get right into the business today. We are watching two episodes of Deep Space Nine, a Rapture from Season 5, Episode 10, and The Reckoning, uh, Season 6, Episode 21. And we're reading the book Unity by S.D. Perry. This is the end, basically, of this first stretch of DS9 relaunch novels. If you don't want DS9 spoilers, don't listen to the book segment. Next month, we are reading Fear Itself uh, by James Swallow. This is a book about Saru from Discovery. Since we've already covered every Discovery episode, we are going to be watching two TOS episodes. We are watching Tomorrow's Yesterday, Season 1, Episode 21, and The Doomsday Machine. The Doomsday
0: Machine!
1: Season 2, Episode 6. I have not seen either of these uh, episodes, so I'm very excited for that. Um. That's it. That's all we've got. We're gonna take a musical break, and we're gonna get right into these episodes. We got a
0: lot of Star Trek to cover. A lot of Star Trek. Let's go.
1: Our first episode is Rapture. This is Season 5 of DS9, Episode 10. This first aired the 30th of December, 1996. Teleplayed by Hans Beimler, story by L.J. Strom and directed by Jonathan West. This takes place in the year
0: 2373. Jackson,
1: what happens in Rapture?
0: On Deep Space Nine, a painting has been found. Well, I didn't find it on DS9, but there's been a painting. Uh, it's a, pa- a classic painting of the lost city of uh, Bahala. Which is in Bajoran City. uh, And Cisco, Dax, and Kira are looking at it. And um, it's going to be sent to. uh, Like, the Cardassian government returned it and it's going to be sent back to Bajor. But they're taking a look at it. but uh, Cisco starts looking at this, uh, this monument and tries to like, figure out the symbols on it which could just, like, decipher the location of the city. People have tried to do this for years, but no one has had uh, Cisco's holographic CSI powers before this. So he makes a holographic recreation of the statue, uh, sits in front of it, has a look at it, tries to figure it out. And then um, he's been studying it for so long that Quark comes in and tells him it's time to go. But as he leaves, a plasma burst explodes um, and he is thrown across the suite, and oh it's an emergency cut to credits uh, post credits he's fine but uh, there are some strange spikes um inside his cerebral cortex which means he's like seeing things a bit more brighter uh no one really knows what this means but it should go away a couple in a couple of days but what it actually manifests as is he starts having visions um he becomes obsessed with this artifact he c- tries to solve this he uh commits himself with so much that he does find the lost silly of bahala he is the only one who's ever been able to do this uh and like leads cassidy down who has returned finally from uh being imprisoned for helping the Marquis. uh and the first thing he does is take her straight to the lost city of bahala because he is obsessed with this
1: well, the first thing he actually does is wear the face off her.
0: That's true. <laughs>
1: <laughs> mean and what? she's surprised because the last time, she, when she went to jail he was basically like, I can't
0: believe I, a cop, am in love with a criminal. Go to jail. And she's like, oh, I guess we're fine now because you love religion. And he's yes. like, I love religion so much. Meanwhile, uh, what the hell is the Admiral's name? Um, Charlie Watley. <laughs> Admiral Charlie <Whatley laughs> uh shows up and it's like, hey, Cisco, we are—it's time. We're gonna let uh, the Beijer into the Federation. They—they they, their petition has been happening for years. You've done a great job stewarding this. It's time to officially let them into the Federation. Uh, and but uh, Cisco's like, sure, whatever. I'm having my religious times, um, and is like still really mostly cares about these visions. Uh, but while in the background, this is going on. Uh, people start talking about this. Quark has like a big reception. Um, everyone is anxious about the Federation uh this um culminates as the visions the visions get worse and more intense uh and eventually uh it is discovered uh by uh, Bashir that these visions are like coming from uh this problem that happened with the plasma plasma conduit at the start of the episode specifically they need to do surgery on him and it'll save his life and he'll be fine but he will stop being able to have these visions he'll stop being able to talk to the prophets in the way he's currently doing cisco says no way whatever is happening with the prophets he must see it through to the end he don't understand means more to him than his life uh and th- that is the end of it because you can't operate on someone if he doesn't want to be operated on uh he then goes to kai win who agrees to let him have an experience with the orbs? Uh, I think it's the what? Oh, it's the purple orb. What orb is the orb that he sits in front of? Um, I don't. I don't. Know. It is the orb of prophecy. He nope. he goes to Kaiwin. Um, who is like I have always been at odds with Sisko, but given that he's having like he's literally just found Bahala, we should help him out because this is important to us. And Kira's like, "Oh wow, I can't believe you're being nice." And Wins like, "I don't hate you. I just like religion a lot." Okay, <laughs> um, uh, so she leaves him with the old prophecy uh, while the Federation is doing their signing at exactly the same time, and he runs in after the prophecy is the old uh, prophecy does the thing, and he's like figured out the visions, and he goes, "The old the, the plague of locusts." Bajor will be destroyed unless it stands alone. It must not join the Federation. It's too soon. Uh, and obviously the emissary running in and going, please don't do this. I've seen a plague of locusts. makes everyone a little anxious and the entry to the Federation is delayed. Admiral Whatley is furious. He is like, I can't remove you from your post because Bajor will hate us forever, but you've ruined a good thing. Uh, and he assures him that, no, he don't believe this is a bad thing. I do just believe it's the wrong time. The prophets don't say that we should never rely on. we should just wait a bit. Because there's a war about to happen, <laughs> um, and so uh, that is basically the whole episode. Uh, that is the whole episode. You did it. Uh, I guess I missed it. Uh, also, after that, uh, Cisco collapses, and the person who has to decide whether he lives or dies, whether they do the surgery, is Jake. Um, and, yes. and like Kira's giving the like religious argument, and that he doesn't want this to happen he wants this to the end cast is like yeah but that's insane because he should be alive to talk to his son and jake says that he needs him and uh cisco wakes up once more realizing he will never be able to talk to the prophets like this again asterix for three seasons yes <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, the power actually he's like part prophet and goes lives in the wormhole not a thing that they had thought
0: of <laughs> they yet. had not thought of that yet <laughs> Uh, But for now, he is tragically separated from the Prophets once more. And that is where we end. Uh, This episode's incredible!
1: Yeah, this is one of the best episodes of DS9 to me. Like, top ten, for sure.
0: Absolutely. Um.
1: Um... The emotional content of like Cisco losing his family for religion and Jake like being the one who suffers the most in that is just the biggest mood. I mean, it's basically what the ending of the show is and what the books are about, right?
0: Yeah, it's really weird because well we'll get into this in the next episode because uh Jake's a really good character in a lot of ways, and he like his relationship with uh Cisco is, like, actually the heart of DS9, but then into the next episode, there's, like, he's randomly a shitbag half the time, and you're like, oh, right, they also make Jake suck.
1: <laughs> yeah, because when he doesn't join Starfleet, he just becomes, like, a weird layabout.
0: Like, but when they do moments like this, when it's just a kid who desperately loves his dad so much, but his dad's, like, having a religious journey like no character on Star Trek has ever had before. Um, yeah. Like, that stuff's really good and very emotionally impactful. So when they do land it, and this is one of the episodes they land it the best, uh, it's amazing. Yes.
1: Uh, There's also an episode where Kai Wynn is like totally just like a good character who does the thing she should be doing. Yep. Uh, both these episodes actually have pretty good Kai win doing the job of being Kai and not being a giant shitbag all the time.
0: Yeah. In the next episode, she's more antagonistic, but that's actually because Cisco's being the shitbag. Yep. Um, yeah.
1: Uh, also this episode has the amazing scene of a wharf telling Kira not to mind these Starfleet atheistic rubes they could never understand <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep yeah, it's really good because cause... because Dax and O'Brien are both being real dicks about religion uh Dax suffers a lot in this episode because she's always the like it's a very a victim of TV writing thing right you need to have someone yes. dis- like dispense the contrary position so that you can have your argument but it just means that Dax whenever she's with Cisco and any of the religion stuff just has to be really uh shitty about it in a way that I feel like doesn't mesh with Dax, but then also a lot of my um Dax opinions and like actual Dax emotions come from Ezri.
1: <laughs> yes, Jadzia is kind of a mean, petty character a lot of the time. Like they write her as the cool girl, but they just give her like the worst character traits to underline that. Yeah, it sucks. It's like it's
0: mostly because she has to play foil to all the good characters. Uh, yes it's not like Jedzia sucks because they want to make her suck it's like she has to fulfill all these roles and scenes like her best episodes are the ones with the klingons um yeah
1: i mean and her stuff with Worf i think works really well like Worf separate from the klingons because they wrote her as a character that likes Worf.
0: yeah I, I meant like the episode with the three klingons yeah, yeah for sure uh, that too as like when i think of uh jadzia episodes that are good is what i think of that one
1: yeah the one where um uh sorella just berates her for an entire episode the wedding.
0: <laughs> yes oh shout out to sorella
1: yeah for sure always always rest in peace <laughs> Uh, this also reveals that the Federation is like kind of weird about Ben being the emissary, but it's totally fine with it because it gets them in on Bajor. They're like, oh, we'll let him do this as long as it doesn't interfere and we can use it to bend Bajor to our will, which is the most Federation thing to do in the world.
0: But then he's like, no, I actually care about this more than the Federation. And then they're really mad, but they can't do yeah, anything because like, oh they've, they've, fuck- they've already like established him as like mandatory to the Federation relationship between Bajor. So they just shut themselves in the foot. <laughs>
1: good thing they didn't ask Picard because he would have gone down and convinced them their gods weren't real like five seasons ago. <laughs> oh, DS9's really good. Yes. You think I'm your Messiah, but no, I'm just a man, and let me show you. That one episode where he challenges the devil is maybe the worst, actual- one of the worst episodes of
0: TNG, even though it's hilarious and I like it a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. It's so stupid that you can't- like you can't take its dumb atheism preaching seriously. Yeah,
1: but he does totally convince those people their gods aren't real and then flies away.
0: <laughs> it's a very normal thing to do.
1: Yeah, for sure. God. Uh, yeah. Uh
0: this is yeah, like this is one of the most um episodes about Cisco and religion. Especially before like uh like when you get to the end of the show and the actually prophets and par race fighting all the time. Um yep. this is while it's still a little bit more abstract like People can still have the debates about do you believe in this stuff here? Whereas I don't think even twenty episodes later that's possible, right? Given what like the what happens in the plot.
1: Right, you mean Costumoj shows up and makes Jaco Super Saiyan? Yeah. We'll yeah. Uh
0: I mean even before that, like the the war the, there's a big arc that ends purely because Sisko asked the gods. Yes. Uh, the nerds were not happy about that when that aired.
1: <laughs> uh, I really like that Kira also is like, yeah, I didn't really like Cisco doing this. I didn't really feel like us joining the Federation, but I think we could handle it now.
0: Um, little does she know. Gotta wait another f- four years, basically. Uh, yeah, the the way Sisko, uh not Cisco, the way Ka- Kaiwen and um Kira play off each other in this episode is really good.
1: Uh, yes, I wish it was more like this more often.
0: Yeah, because um, I really like them as, like, kind of dual, uh, they kind of foils to each other in how they think about um Bajor as an independence, uh like the, the idea of Bajor and Bajor and independence. Um and Kaiwin with her responsibilities and kind of like projecting a lot of anxieties, but also Kira's projecting a lot of anxieties too, that Kai helps to expose on her side. Like it's not just me being a shit. Uh, yeah, also yeah, Kaiwin's like, you know, during the occupation I was also
1: in a labor camp and dealing with this stuff. That seems like, so you're good are the only person who suffered. Yes.
0: <laughs> Because uh, Kira does totally think of herself as like, no, I was in the Freedom Force, so everyone else can get fucked, which is a thing you would think in that situation that makes a lot of sense, but the way Kaiwen challenges it here is really good. Yes. Um, it's like all
1: of Bajor suffered. Uh,
0: the, I can't... Uh, I need to re-watch the show. I mean, I don't have time, but like... I was definitely one of the people who was more like, yes, the war stuff is really cool and good, but you watch episodes like this and it's a show about religion and a population trying to like figure out what it means in terms of how it fits into the world. That yeah, is all the, the stuff good stuff. I like most in the show, for sure. <laughs> Uh, it's because it's the stuff that's like actually unique to star trek uh, in this show because you could get like the dominion war is the most serialized one but you can get some tactics literally every two yeah. episodes in star trek
1: definitely the first time i watched DS 9 i was all about the dominion war and did not give a fuck about bajor and that has just changed over time yeah i think that's just the natural way of it because the dominion war is interesting in like oh what's going to happen here's the big plot stuff but once you know that stuff the road there i don't think is very interesting and the like gaps of tv writing show really far mm-hmm. uh this stuff feels like whenever they came to it it was for a very good reason they were going to connect connected to everything else that had happened on this track because they knew this storyline wasn't necessarily popular with everyone so they <laughs> made sure they swung for the fences
0: yeah no, there's lots of quotes in the production about how like the, the fans didn't like it but uh like we believed that this was crucial to what the show was doing and these ne- episodes need to be there and they're the most right they've ever been yes like yes imagine this ep- imagine the show without this track running through it
1: oh i'd be so unhappy
0: Yep. The Zindi War.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Look, I don't dislike the Zindi War stuff. It goes on too long and it's a mess, but...
0: Uh Uh-huh, I kind of really dislike the Zindi War.
1: Uh, But I understand. I I think I like the way the Zindi War, like, shakes out with the the Zindi more than I like how the Dominion War shakes out with the Dominion.
0: Yeah, I like the last five episodes of the Zindi War, but also that they don't go back to it afterwards, so, you know excited you know to read some means. books about we that. should be
1: talking about our next episode yeah. well, <laughs> we're what, what, talking about the zindi. once
0: we're talking about the fucking zindi <laughs> yes <laughs> all right what is the next episode
1: next episode is called the reckoning season six episode 21 of Space 9 this aired the 29th of april 1998 teleplay is by david weddell and bradley thompson A story by harry workston worksman and gabriel g stanton and it was directed by jesus salvador trevino This takes place in 2374. Jackson.
0: It sure was. Um, You may recognize one of these names as the co-writer of Section 31, Abyss. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Uh, But yes, in The Reckoning, it is the Dominion War, so we begin with the typical, very hilarious when you're re-watching this show, like Dominion War check-in meeting.
1: (laughs) Yes, to let you know, yes, the war's still going, but it's not going to matter to this episode.
0: (laughs) Uh, Because... A lot of this show is still just like Star Trek is happening, but every episode has to begin with a scene where everyone goes, Yes, well, the Dominion are gonna do this thing, and maybe they can attack Vulcan or something. Yes. You're <laughs> you're up your update,
1: they they're worried that they're going to attack Vulcan. the Romulans have recaptured Benzar from the
0: Dominion. And I was like, I guess these all reference things that happened in like two lines in other episodes. Truly serialized storytelling has reached Star Trek. Yep. Uh, it's very funny rewatching individual episodes. Uh, but after that, uh Cisco kira and shitty jake because he's complaining the entire time are yes. called uh are called to, uh, to pajor uh to a like part of uh the baha excavation um as they have found uh an artifact um that has like writing basically saying the emissary will come here and it has a prophecy like he's
1: literally welcome emissary They're like oh well okay huh
0: i guess he should see this then
1: yeah, sure is weird living in a time society <laughs> and so Cisco, because he's never read a piece of fiction in his life immediately <laughs> touches the thing that says welcome emissary and, and it goes really badly for him
0: and we get one of the incredible scenes that always happens uh, which is when everyone in this scene starts like walking around him as a prophet's vision and starts calling him the Cisco. Uh, Sisko yes. which is always good, very funny because um, in my memory of these scenes they like cut to a different space but they don't, it's the same people in the scene every time <laughs> Because like in the in the uh, in emissary in the first episode of the show, it's much more elaborate and abstract as he goes. Well, yes, they have
1: a budget in emissary to make a very nice sequence.
0: Yeah, but like when they do it again, uh, everyone who was in this room, um, we're going to sit this camera on like a uh, on a handheld shot, put a filter over it. If you could just talk in a weird voice, that would be great. (laughs) Yeah, it's very funny. Yeah.
1: Uh, so Cisco then
0: takes the tablet back to
1: DS Nine and he tells Dax to study it. And Dax like it's a it's a tablet. What do you want me to do? Oh
0: God, Dax sucks so much. <laughs> uh, he's studying the tablet. Kai Wen is like comes up and goes, Yo. What the fuck? You stole yeah. the tablet! That's not yeah, allowed.
1: You didn't ask you didn't ask permission. That's a Bajoran relic. It is like part of our cultural heritage. You just took it and you didn't ask anyone. You didn't ask me. I'm the person you should ask, but you didn't even ask like other people in the room to take it. You just took it.
0: And then Cisco is like, um, he does basically the shittiest thing. Me to take <laughs> um, I think I'll find the prophets want me to do this and she's like, well, who am I to question them? And then leaves and submits a formal complaint to Starfleet as she well should yes yeah, so immediately cuts to him going and then she lodged a formal complaint and uh
1: deck's like well is that why you're talking to admiral ross and he's like yeah they made me give the damn tablet back
0: yeah but he's still he's still got it for a bit she has yes. to like run through a couple more like there's a couple acts of her like being given the runaround and eventually he's like yes fine we will have it on the first uh you know, the first ship tomorrow. So on the final night with the tablet, they haven't figured out what to do with it yet. The reckoning is coming. He doesn't know what this means. He can't figure out what the messages mean. So he's staring at it and he's just so angry that he throws the tablet at the wall and breaks it into two pieces uh, you of You forgot foam. the
1: part where, uh, I think it's before this, where Dax is like, this part says that all that the uh, <laughs> gateway to the Temple will either burn or everyone will eat fruit.
0: Yes, yeah, so it was endless suffering or eating fruit. Yes. Uh, (laughs) so there's a prophecy on this thing that it's going to go real bad. Uh, but he, um, he breaks a tablet and some shimmering effects come out of the tablet. Yeah, ghost shit happens suddenly. But then everyone comes in and they're like, oh... It's, whatever was here is gone I guess now you just broke the tablet go explain that to Kai Wen <laughs> yeah Dax is scanning it and she's like I don't detect anything I don't detect ghost shit because ghosts
1: aren't real and Sisko's like no I swear it was a ghost and she's like are you sure are you sure you we're just mad at the tablet I think about smashing shit all the time but I don't do it because I'm an adult Ben <laughs>
0: And Ben's like, oh, I guess to talk to Kai I gotta to Kaiwen. was like, you
1: don't understand. The prophets told me to break the tablet. Yeah, I and mean, the Kaiwen's like, you are so petty that you wouldn't even give back our artifacts that we own. So you broke it out of spite. And yeah. to be fair, it totally does look like he did exactly that.
0: Yep. Uh, he turns out to be like proven right by the plot, but I think he did in that moment break it out of spite. Yeah, I don't know. Who can say? Who can say? We never told. We, we are never told. <laughs> Um, we also cannot speak to the prophets, so... Uh, it's true. Uh, but what has happened as he broke this is uh, the spirits of uh, the Pah Wraith were released? Released? Yes, a specific Pah Wraith called kost Costemogen. kost emojin, uh... Is a power Wraith uh, that has been prophesied, and this will be battled uh, by a prophet. Uh, this is explained by Kira, possessed by a prophet, willingly given herself up to be their instrument. They need physical forms to do battle, uh, and the winner of this battle will decide the fate of the universe. Um, and Sisko's like, well, the prophets will win before we have faith in them. We must let this battle take place. Uh, we're going to evacuate the station in case it goes bad, but I'm not leaving because my faith is strong. My faith is strong. Nothing can test my faith. My faith is so strong. Nothing can test my faith. He says... Let me, let me believe in my faith and take a drink of coffee. <laughs> yes. <laughs> As the Power instrument is revealed, and who could it be but Jake Sisko with crazy eyes? Yes. <laughs> uh who proceeds to do a super saiyan battle with kira uh at, for the fate of the universe
1: um, uh, yep hopefully dax has brought on let's murder the gods with chronoton particles as an out
0: yes so there's a plan that wolf and dax have put up with, was like if we had to like fill up the place with chronoton particles uh no one will be able to survive there, but if we do it, like, slowly they will just leave their bodies and return to the temple, uh, and whatever this dispute between gods is, we'll just, we'll deal with that later, I guess, but no one will die today, uh, and that will save everyone, and Cisco's like, no, you don't understand, we have to see this through, let me continue to believe in my faith, but then Jake walks out, and, uh, the moment of truth comes, and Cisco decides, no, we must see this through, even if it means losing my son, this is the fate of the universe, this is my faith, um... Uh, meanwhile, Kai Wynn sneaks off from uh, Dax, who are evacuating, and herself turns on the chronoton Particles uh, as Kira screams, no! <laughs> uh, yep. And Sisko runs over to Jake, who has been, his life has been saved. Uh, and Jake's like, I guess I understand that you tried to kill it, let me die there, but I'm glad I'm alive.
1: <laughs> I mean, he says specifically that he would have been totally okay with dying because mojan's evil as fuck, and turns out, next season, we find out Mojan's evil as fuck.
0: Evil as fuck? This was a mistake letting Mojan hang around. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Kai-Win killed herself doing this. Uh, this is, yes, no, this is the moment Kai-Win is, like, fate-sealed. Yep. Uh, it makes me like Kai-Win a lot this episode, as much as, like, is a bad guy, I guess, but uh, her being very sad, and basically being treated by shit um yeah like by Cisco, and then uh she is the one that like saves the son because she couldn't actually bear to go through with this yes um and like that setting her on a tragic path rather than just being a villain uh, is very good yeah
1: i mean kaiwen is really good up until the points where she is like a, a real villain remember like she's introduced with like blowing up a school or as part of uh, mm-hmm. the, I, like planted the idea to blow up a school
0: <laughs> right yes early ds9 (laughs) yeah
1: god by now i feel like kaiwin is generally right but just insufferable about it and always willing to like take the way to power over the way that she knows is right
0: who am i to argue with the emissary and then she submitted a formal complaint to starfleet
1: (laughs) that's maybe the most heroic thing anyone's ever done in star trek honestly it's
0: so satisfying
1: Oh, being unwilling to deal with Cisco's fucking paternal bullshit, big mood.
0: Yeah, but no, uh, this is an episode in which uh, they, Kira and um, Jake, stand there with different contact lenses in, staring at each other as an animator puts on some extremely nineteen ninety eight like Dragon Ball Z beam effects as they have an energy beam battle. It's
1: um, very good. It's also like a more dramatic final battle than the final battle at the end of this actual show.
0: <laughs> That's because they did not have any money left by then. No, no,
1: for sure. Um, Just two dudes on
0: funny. a on a mat with some fire behind them. Really bad fire behind them. <laughs> <laughs> I've fallen into the fire. Oh Uh
1: Yep. This episode also has uh a very cute scene of Odo watching Kira eat, which I like a lot.
0: It's pretty good, yeah.
1: Uh, I don't really like Odo and Kira together as, like, an idea, but the amount that Nana Visitor plays Kira being in Lava's, like, Kira just being extremely happy is extremely good.
0: Yeah, because like Kira is actually the person you care about watching the show. Kira's one of the best characters in Star Trek, uh, and she doesn't get any any that many wins.
1: <laughs> yes. So whenever she's happy, I am happy yeah. for her.
0: I like Kira a lot.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: and I like Odo being like, I mean, I would have been sad if she died, but like, I'm not gonna stop her from being an instrument of the prophets. That's shitty.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh,
0: so yeah, DS9, good show. Uh, there's a great thing in the memory off page, which is that they struggled to film the final battle uh, because both Nana Visitor. Um, and fuck, uh, Ciroc What's Syrok Lofton? Yes, uh, struggled keeping straight faces long enough to just keep the dramatic. <laughs>
1: <laughs> good, good, Bless it's, them. it's
0: just long, still shots uh, of them
1: like glowering.
0: <laughs> yeah, and they're gonna do, I mean, uh, where is it? Yes. Indeed, uh, was uh, They were just standing there looking weird Like they were at the dentist's office Thinking of their up- upcoming root canals Indeed during the shoot of the super serious battle Both Nana Visitor and Siroc Lofton had a great difficulty Keeping straight faces long enough to get complete takes
1: That's so good
0: to, to Him with his fucking red eyes Going <laughs> Like everyone's yes. gonna crack up Oh I wish I was on that set Uh yep uh, but yeah, good episode. Not as good as Rapture. Uh, no, but the stuff with Kaiwin is extremely good here. Yeah, but there's just less like Rapture's an exploration of that stuff, whereas The Reckoning just like stuff start... There's no internal conflict with Cisco. He's just in. He's just on on this till the end. Yes, <laughs> till the end, up to and including letting his son die. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then like Akira gives Kaiwin a speech, being like, Cisco's faith was so strong he was going to kill his son, and you couldn't even do that. And Kaiwen's like, look, it's hard, okay? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And then the end of the show happens. Rip, Kaiwen. Yep. I think that's it. So
1: that's that's all for DS9. Uh Uh, Next time, again, remember, we are reading, or watching Tomorrow's Yesterday and The Doomsday Machine, both of which are TOS episodes. And if you want no more spoilers about what happens after the end of DS9, please check out, I guess.
0: I mean, we, we literally spoiled the end of DS9 in these segments, so yep, yes. That's
1: true. But, like, some people don't. Yeah, I don't know. It's worth uh, warning people always. Fair enough. Um, all right. We'll be back after a short musical break.
0: this month's book is unity uh, which is the end of this segment of ds9 uh, books and the ds9 relaunch it came out in november 2003 it was written by sd perry and it takes place in 2376 specifically september because it's nine months after the start of the year
1: wonder why that is the case
0: i can't think about uh, who knows
1: yeah. Um. So I, I wrote extensive notes Because the last couple episodes I felt kind of weird I feel like we did the summaries off the cuff And the podcast suffered for it So this time I took notes, which means I have literally breakdowns Of every chapter, so I'm going to be going through them And we'll be reacting to these on a chapter by chapter basis Probably um, Yeah uh, so I will just read these off. Uh, we start with the prologue that does nothing other than tell you that Ben Cisco is alive and he is ready to be part of the plot again.
0: <laughs> Too bad. He's going to have to wait. <laughs> he's like, Oh, I'm, I'm here. I guess this book is about me, but if we didn't, not me- <laughs> until 95% in, <laughs> if we didn't mention me now, then you would feel cheated. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh-huh.
1: uh, chapter one opens with Avon giving the fucking longest captain's log in the history of captain's logs. Uh, just telling you things you already knew because we've read this series <laughs> basically um ten may uh, is estranged from him at this point as the defiant is coming home and everyone's just super tired they come through the wormhole to a bunch of cardassian ships powering up and then Golmaset comes on the screen and orders their surrender and vaughn refuses and he's like it's time for us to take the battle to the cardassians if they're here
0: to fight us take us to ds9 uh this is the peak of uh star trek opening credits cliffhanger that doesn't matter in book form
1: because
0: yep. Yep. we know the gulma sits there to help yes uh but vaughn doesn't know that apparently and then kira's doing this on purpose yep uh it's very dumb I have written down here,
1: Tenmei's anger is a stupid plot point. Uh Prin Tenmei is now mad at Elize Vaughn for killing a her Borg mom that happened last book bu- two books ago, uh in this
0: chronology and sucks. Not to spoil this book before we get into the summary, but an entire plotline of this book has already been done better before in the best book we've read. Yes. And it sucks.
1: <laughs> yeah, just seeing it done again.
0: But- is
1: really obnoxious yes much worse and
0: like not just like worse in the execution and in the premise
1: yes because now she's not mad that her dad basically deserted her entire life and went off to be like starfleet black ops she's mad that he did the right thing in a situation where anyone would have done that thing
0: yeah she's mad about like star trek plot bullshit which is always stupid and bad yes um and he is riddled with
1: guilt for doing the right thing in a way that he would never actually be riddled with guilt for doing the right thing.
0: Yeah, he just did the end of a Star Trek episode, minorly tragic thing that has happened to every character every week. Um, and whereas like the actual stuff in um, Twilight where he was dealing with the just, I decided to go be a space cop instead of looking after my daughter, uh, and the only thing stopping me from repairing that relationship is actually me. I have to just make the effort. And that was the moral we're given. Um And now we have to see that all over again uh, about some real bullshit to do with Borg technology and murder. Uh, The Defiant in this
1: book's one of two action scenes does a bunch of cool shit as it dodges the Cardassians for no reason other than to have a cool action scene. Uh, And then Kira comes over the comm and then orders them to stand down. She's like, I need to prove you are who you say you are. So questions Vaughn and Bashir about stuff that only they would know. Um, Which is weird because don't the parasites have access to the memories of the person that they take over? Uh, I think so. Yeah. So, wouldn't they be able to answer her anyway? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so That whole thing they, is stupid. They
0: have a whole bit later in this book about how like the parasites take a while to bond because they're like they don't want the they they need that to be like they need the host intact in order to function. Yes. That's why they're parasites. What a dumb plot! Yep. <sighs> they really need an action scene. They would give anything.
1: <laughs> yes. Uh, then she turns the defined over to Golmaset to process them for parasites. Um, it's all very hush hush. They have not told anyone that there's a parasite crisis. Everyone thinks it's just because of the assassination of Shakar um, Kira then meets with Jake and Opaka, uh, which is great because every time Kira is happy, I am happy. Uh, and then this, for the first time, we get the thing that is going to happen twenty times in this book, where everyone's like, "Oh, Apaka we have a new Kai. You're going to be Kai now. Great. I'm glad we have the Kai situation all solved." And Apaka, <laughs> and Apaka looks the camera, just looks aside. Yes. <laughs> Jake talks to a perturbed Wex who just seems very unhappy to be on Deep Space Nine. Um, put a pin in that. Uh, everyone gathers for a meeting. Shar um, and his mom are there just being awkward at each other again, still, forever. Um, we meet uh, the, dele- the person who is sent from Trill. Uh, their name is uh, Syl, I assume you pronounce it. Yes, I, um, I was
0: saying Syl. Yes. CYR. uh
1: Syl's uh, was, was once upon a time The symbiote joined to The daughter of Audrid Who is in the letters of Dax When he sent the letter Or the lives of Dax Who sent the letter To tell about the uh, Parasite thing And Syl has spent Their next like Three lifetimes Looking into this Parasite shit um, In chapter three Basically everyone Just tells you Everything that we know Because we read Lives of Dax <laughs> Yes
0: Everyone stands around And goes I was in that book And then, and then God is like I too was in that book <laughs>
1: Yes, uh, and then we find out that the Cardassians are immune uh, and cannot be possessed. That's why the Cardassians are running all these screenings. Yep. Okay. Uh, then Chapter 4, Ezri then fills Julian in on the Lives of Dax stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Does it have another chapter of Lives of Dax summary? Yep. Uh, Quark meets with Ro Laren and then she tells him that like the last thing that happened with them is that they were going to run off together because neither of them wanted to join the Federation. Quark's like, I need—I run a bar; I need money. And Row's like, they're not going to let me be part of the Federation. We're going to run off together. Uh, and Row had not said yes to that yet, but she's like, uh, I'm still thinking about it. Hold tight on an answer. <laughs> and then tries to give hi- tries to get information out of him about what's going on. And then Quark's like, I have no idea. Like, I, th- th- I am still I am flummoxed for once. Um, that.
0: <laughs> This is weird because, like, the uh, Rowan Quark stuff was, like, really good in the book where it was introduced, and then they've basically been in this middle, I guess we might leave state, for five books now with no one making a decision.
1: <laughs> yeah, the thing is, those five books have taken place over, like, three
0: days, <laughs> so... I get... Hmm. I guess they really have. Yeah. It's just... Uh, weird pacing. Yep. Yeah. Um...
1: Uh, let's see what happens. Uh, Nog comes in and meets the Quark, and it's cute. Uh, Wex declines to
0: enter Quark's bar. Hmm. When did you figure this out?
1: Uh, <laughs> I was convinced up until the reveal that uh, Wex was just a changeling. I think I said that late in uh, Rising Sun. I was like, Wex is probably like one of the like Sun, like the hundred changelings that've been sent out or something. I did not realize it was Odo until it was Odo. <laughs> uh,
0: it was uh when. It was in the, when they start chatting with Duranothor and being real buddy is when I figured oh, it yeah, out. Oh, yeah, fair
1: enough. Um, uh, Char is offered an out from his, like, broken quartet. They're like, we can find, if we're going to have to find one more mate, we can just as easily find two more mates. And you can just sit this one out and we'll go have kids and you can be sad. And he's like, look, I found all this research on this weird, et- like, uh, fucking, what do I want? Uh, Eurythne. Yes. Yes, the eugenics planet. We went
0: to eugenics And not eugenics eugenics in the
1: capital E, Star Trek sense, but eugenics in the lowercase e, life is shit way.
0: Does anyone want any
1: eugenics to help? And they're like, fuck off, Shaw. I remember they gave him a sack of babies to experiment on when he left (laughs) That book sucks so much! That book
0: sucks so fucking much!
1: Well, it turns out that he's found some information that might help, so...
0: The part where uh, like we have to go through books and the books that have been gone through are treated like completed quests where he has the item now yes, <laughs> like, yeah. that is the approach to continuity yep. uh, Opaka
1: is reflecting on the fact that Bajor is like has survived the war and is like seemingly fine but they're in the middle of a weird like religious crisis and how much that's weird and sucks and then Kira comes in and tells her of the attainment uh, Kira like just breaks down and then Opaka watches over her while Kira falls asleep. Um, Esri talks to Seer, who talks about Seer's history, and is basically like, I've been looking for the parasites for, like, 300 years, what have you been doing, fucking off with some Klingons? And she's like, yeah, I guess I have. Uh, (laughs) Look, um, I didn't,
0: I didn't realize that it would become part of the plot, sorry.
1: Yeah, uh, Seer's been working for, like, an, like, the Section 31 of Trill, but they're good guys, um... And she's been working with guard this entire time to try to uncover the parasite stuff. Uh, troll government does not want to talk about this, and they talk about the fact there's like a weird genetic thing in the troll that make them like revulsed by the parasites, and so they try to put them out of mind as much as possible.
0: How many governments are secretly not talking about a big deal thing with their society in Star Trek?
1: Every single one of them. Every single
0: one of them. <laughs>
1: every every every. Uh, maybe not the Ferengi at this point.
0: <laughs> no. Because it's the just that government just is wrong. Ron couldn't
1: see, keep a secret in a plastic bag. Oh, um, uh They meet up with Guard. He's impressed with Esri. Uh, he's like, "I like you a lot more than the last Dax I met," which is fair because that last Dax was murdering people. <laughs> uh, and she's like, "Yeah, I remember
0: that now. What a bad time that was."
1: And he's like, "I'll, I'll give you information you could take to Kira because maybe it'll get me out of prison." Yep. Um. This Trill stuff is a lot of faffing about forever.
0: Uh, the plot has not begun. Uh, we're like uh, 60% through the book, and the plot has not begun.
1: I am on chapter six of like 24 right okay, now, Okay, well, Jackson. the plot does not begin for another ten chapters. <laughs> it's probably more than that. Probably more than that. Uh, Vedic Yavir contacts Kira, and shes he's like, I want to meet with Apaka and Jake. Uh, she meets with Julian, and they're just talking about how the parasites work. There's a lot of mumbo-jumbo bullshit. Um Shar decided to let his bondmates go on to Andor, and everyone's mad and sad about it. Uh, Prin then checks to stop by on him, and she's like, Oh, you know what? Shar's actually pretty hot. I could get over my problems, and Shar could get over their problems by hooking up. And is like, I'm kind of like sad right now. Can you come back later?
0: <laughs> Prin's like, Fine, be boring, I guess. I was originally like, Oh, but then the fact that Shar was just too, too sad to even realize what was happening was funny. Yes. <laughs> I like that Prin is more functional because Prin deserves better than this shit.
1: Yes. Uh, Jake leaves for Beidra with Opaka. Wex is like, I'm going to stay behind. I don't want to go down to Beidra. Beidra seems like it sucks, which is fair, except that she's supposed to be Opaka's, like, uh, student, and then Opaka is like, no, she told me that she didn't want to come. Uh, everyone's weird about this. Uh, Roe then spots Wex talking to Tyranitar in Quark's Bar, and Eve drops on Wex questioning Tyranitar about the Alpha Quadrant. Uh, about like what uh, Trantor has like experienced and how he feels about living with people in the Alpha Quadrant. Uh, Roe then gets spotted, and uh, she offers to buy Wex a drink, and Wex just kind of stares at her. Wex doesn't do a whole lot of anything in this book.
0: <laughs> Wex does just stand around going, hey!
1: Yep. On Bajor, Vaughn is settling into a Starfleet camp because they need to suss out the the... Parasites have infiltrated the Bajorans. Uh, he's having a really hard time concentrating, though, because he's reliving, killing Ruriko over and over again, and just having, like, a stress breakdown. Which is weird, given a man who probably has committed, like, 27 genocides <laughs> and suddenly feels bad about shooting one person.
0: Uh, but not even the real person. Yeah. Like a Borg image.
1: Yeah. Um... But sheer floats the theory that the parasites were genetically engineered, maybe even by the trill. Who can say? Put a pin in that till next book some someday.
0: <laughs> yeah, when this stuff like, oh, is this the plot? It's the plot hit? No, that is no. not the plot. Because <laughs> like, there's a lot of like, hints of stuff like this could be a thing, and it's not a thing. Uh, Ro meets with Guard
1: and they begin hunting down where Shakar probably got infected. Uh, Prin and Char uh, then hang out together. They seem interested in each other. Um. Though they are, like, a disaster couple that puts Ezra and Bashir to shame.
0: Well, because Pren's basically like, yo, can you fuck? And Shaw's like, I don't really know what you're talking about. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I'm very sad. Uh, that's,
1: that's in, like, a couple chapters, but that does happen. <laughs> yes. Um, Jake visits with Cass is the next thing that happens. That's, like, the entirety of what Jake does in this book is hang out with Cassidy Yates, which, fair enough, that's what I'd be doing, too. Yeah. Uh, Roe and guard decide that Shakar was probably infected on Minos Corvo. And I was like, oh, that sounds like a place I know. And I looked it up and that's the, it was the plant that was annexed in chain of command. That starts the like beginning of Cardassian tensions again. <laughs> that's it. That's all that matters. <laughs> okay. It's
0: it was from just like, a, the, yes, yes. It's just
1: the T version of the, of, of like fucking what's it called? Uh, the, what's the play? What's the one from the, the, um, what do I want here? The Lorca book What's that planet Oh shit that one uh, yes. Fuck what's it
0: called Why we went there it's like in four books
1: Because we haven't talked about Star
0: Trek much lately I've completely forgotten
1: Yes Just names have fallen out of my head today So uh,
0: Look it's difficult I am yep. finding the planet as we speak Because I need to know uh, Tarsus IV
1: Yeah Tarsus IV yes Thank you Alright Uh Quirk finally learns the parasites, and then he's like, Ro, why didn't you tell me this? And she's like, I thought you knew. You always know what's going on. He's like, not this time. Um, And then Ro is going to keep him in the loop as long as he doesn't blab about it to anybody. Um, And then he immediately blabs about it when Rom and Lita call, uh, (laughs) checking in on him, uh, with news that Lita's pregnant with a Ferengi baby, which I want to see someday, because that sounds cute.
0: Uh, I laugh a lot thinking about how Lita basically dumped Bashir for Rom yes An very upgrade, honestly a huge upgrade yes <laughs> imagine imagine being leader right and dumping bashir from rome and then being rewarded with this by when he becomes like the president of frankenar yes <laughs> like just like becomes a fucking king
1: but like the king who dismantled capitalism in the galaxy <laughs>
0: like hero the most
1: heroic person yes. in
0: star trek <laughs> yes leader picks him well
1: yeah um we then see two security officers Leto and Bennings who
0: are taken by parasites while patrolling (laughs) Deep Space Nine and then I was like is this the beginning of the plot is how like is this if this is important enough to be shown surely this means we are beginning a plot line about how they've infiltrated the like security ranks and they're gonna be making a move and the next chapter they are immediately in stasis like a million other off screen times this has happened an editor's note came in saying nothing has happened for 10 chapters do you want to make a thing happen and this scene was put in
1: (laughs) yep uh Vaughn has been put on medical leave because he is very bad at doing his job right now and is sent to a monastery to cool his heels. Um, we are men- It is mentioned in, like, the background of Kira talking about something that they infected or quarantined <laughs> and totally fine. Um uh prin is then super direct with char and she's like uh hey are you down to fuck and he's like "Mm, i need some time but we can totally be friends if you just want to actually be friends and not like i still want to fuck you friends and she's like uh i mean i can pretend and he's like good enough
0: (laughs) she's like i really just want to fuck like i've you know that's how it goes you're sad uh, and a hot alien it'll be fine yeah, the monastery where Vaughn is sent,
1: weirdly, coincidentally, happens to be where Opaka is. So whoa, 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 whoa. Opaka <laughs> and they're like, oh, we're characters that matter, let's have a conversation.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, they sure do!
1: Chapter 12.
0: Miles O'Brien
1: is headed to Deep Space Nine with his family, uh, and Joe and Judith Sisko, which is Sisko's father and sister, who is only mentioned once in an episode, but is now a character
0: yep sure is uh
1: everyone is all like bad nerves and feelings about everything until kira welcomes them and directs them to land on beijor uh we find out that miles is not allowed to be part of the plot because keiko refuses to let him be dragged into another star trek
0: plot they're retired now Uh, which is uh, the keiko miles stuff is great in this because it's like the actually the most triumphant thing that's ever happened uh so what what does keiko do Oh, that's not for a while yet. Is that not for a while? I thought it was part of this. Uh, Well, no, nothing happens. Nothing happens, Jackson. (laughs) Oh, this must be where the plot thing happens. No, Uh, we do. That's
1: that's like that's like later that night while they're on the planet having a meal or whatever. Oh,
0: God, we do at least get uh, Joseph realizing that Jake is okay, And that's very sweet.
1: Yes. Uh, Considering he almost died thinking Jake was not okay.
0: Remember when he had like a fake heart attack? I guess it was a real heart attack. He just fake died. Yep. Uh, Quark and Nog are
1: catching up, and Quark is complaining about Tyranitar and Wex watching him like cops, uh, because they're totally cops. And then a vol trap snaps, and a parasite rus- rushes across the floor in the bar, and Tyranitar jumps in front of it, and then the parasite tries to leap at Tyranitar and get in his mouth, but then Tyranitar bites the parasite in half and spits it out. <laughs> which is very extra, Tyranitar.
0: Having a hadar on the station is cool as fuck.
1: Yep. You know, uh, Vaughn, deciding that Opaka is here to be the bur- the p- person who accepts the burden of his story, tells his story to Opaka. And Opaka's like, hmm, sounds bad. Why don't you look at the orbs instead of talking to me? <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: Opaka. Yep.
1: Uh, the O'Briens and the Sisko's have a nice reunion on Bajor. They just, like, make a meal, have a good time uh over here is kira defending her to akar and she's like oh i can't believe kira cares about me so much and then she's attacked by a parasite uh like they say they say it's a queen but then it turns out that's not the real queen there's a bigger queen but i just called her queen here which is just a person who like spits out uh parasites um the shar then like goes into a berserker rage and helps capture this person and they have a queen they call it a queen success
0: Yes, that's how the episode ended. Like, they have the queen! They did the thing!
1: Yes. Um, chapter 14, I wrote down here Keiko has a moan. <laughs> <laughs> Look! You can write that, but it's also the
0: best thing that's ever
1: happened. Yeah, no. So she's like super weird about the fact that immediately Kira's like, hey, uh, Miles, why don't you come up here and help us with something? And she knows he's going to go do it and she knows and this is all going to suck and they can't escape being Star Trek characters because they're in a Star Trek book. And then she reveals that the actual reasons she's mad about this is because she spent the last 10 years doing whatever Miles wants. And she has not told him, but has put aside an opportunity to go to Cardassia to help rebuild their... Uh, agriculture uh, because they need some help because that planet was fucking blast off face of the earth at the end of DC <laughs> um, yep. and she's like oh I really want to take this job but I haven't even told O'Brien I know he or Miles I know he wouldn't want to go but I'm not going to talk to him and then she's like wait a second maybe I should talk to him about it um, and she does and then O'Brien's like Cardassia why would you want to go to Cardassia and she's just being shitty about it until she's like look I went to D- I was on the Enterprise with you I went to DC with you I went to earth with you shut the fuck up you should
0: do something for me for <laughs> once and he's like you know fair point uh, it definitely Also being a teacher's boring. It definitely plays like he's been a teacher for 3 years and not not even a full term.
1: Yeah, but also I could imagine being Miles O'Brien that 9 months of nothing happening makes him want to die. <laughs>
0: He to He's so just much. on
1: Earth teaching students dumb engineering bullshit.
0: So if you uh, have read ahead in the titles of the book and know that there's a book called Worlds of DS9 Cardassia, you're like, oh, I guess what this is where Miles is going next. Yep. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, Keiko being like, hey, uh, I would like to do something for me. Fuck you. is like, finally, DS9, they just yes. shipped her off screen.
1: <laughs> yes. Um, Vaughn, at the end of the chapter, consults the orbs. So, getting into it. In this next chapter, we get uh, Vaughn's orb vision, and he is now Eli Underwood, who is in the Far Beyond the Stars timeline, being taken into an asylum because he's having breakdowns over killing his wife. Uh, he meets and befriends Benny Russell, who is like the weird guru of the asylum uh, and seems to just kind of have the run of the place. Uh, and it this fucking sucks. <laughs> I was
0: furious. Yes. I was like actively fear because you you said tell me that they're the thing you hated in this book, and I'm like, yes. what could it be? What could it even be? What well, I didn't even like. I hadn't. I didn't even consider that they would go back to the Benny Russell. Well. That they would go back to this the Benny Russell stuff in the like Pa
1: Wraith vision of him in the asylum, which is only a thing the Pa Wraith showed him to try to dissuade him, in the guise of this is how Vaughn's going to get over his bullshit. <laughs>
0: considering what far beyond the stars is about and how good it is and what it like represents in terms of like being in a star trek show right the greatest episode of star trek yes (laughs) one of the most important and best episode of star trek ever made reducing it to like look here's benny russell fucking gonna like be the magical negro to this fucking bullshit uh eli's stupid pain about wife murder that didn't even matter anyway like it is like it is how do you do (laughs) (laughs) i feel like
1: it fundamentally misunderstands what the benny russell stuff was good about and what the return to it in like the
0: vision of him in the asylum was uh it is it's just like i ended up being kind of positive on this book but like doing this is fundamentally disgusting in a way that i was not prepared for yes like holy shit it just feels like
1: this like no one understood why this that stuff was good and interesting uh, yeah. To be fair, listening to the people who wrote Star Trek, I'm not sure they know why it is good and interesting. So
0: I, I guess that's true, but like Avery Brooks directed the episode, right? Uh, I don't know yet. Yeah, he it. did. He did. They, they okay. absolutely gave it to him. Oh yeah, I know Avery Brooks knows why
1: Far Beyond the Stars is good. I don't think the production crew of DCS-9 knows why Far Beyond the Stars is good in the exact ways, except for what they heard him tell them.
0: <laughs> I guess so. But, yes. it, like, you know, however it happened, it was a thing that was very important. And not, seeing it, just... Not
1: three weeks ago did we sit here and talk about that Wharf episode that opens with the producer
0: going, I just seen Malcolm X. I <laughs> just <laughs> seen Malcolm X. <laughs> yeah. Yes. All right. You know what? Fair enough. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that is 100% true. Uh, but then it's real shame when, like, Star Trek creates something that is actually incredibly important and good and, like, a thing that matters beyond just here's some cool space shit. Uh, yeah. like culturally. And then they just strip mine the imagery of that in the most repugnant we haven't even thought about this once way and that's made it so much worse. Yep. Like, oh, whoof so mad.
1: Yep. Um Okay, next chapter. Guard volunteers to bond with the queen that they extracted out of the person who attacked uh, Ro. Um
0: Well, what? can we, can we uh, go back there? Actually, all three Trills have a sacrifice off. Yes, they... <laughs> I was about to say, after the other th- Trills
1: tried to get there first.
0: Everyone, like, first of all, Ezra's like, I'll do it. And Bashir's like, no, you can't, no. Uh, and then Syl's like, no, you can't do it. I'll do it. And Bashir's like, that sounds like a sound idea. <laughs> and then God's like, you two are both wrong. I shall do it. And Bashir's like, well, damn. <laughs> Let's yes. get this done.
1: Uh then I think this is the chapter where Gard refers to Dax as a ninth host trill. Like
0: that's like a power ranking,
1: which is very funny.
0: I couldn't tell which like i mean i guess dax is fairly old as trill go i don't know like yeah trill, trill are immortal right like unless
1: they are killed they will... I think so i think the thing that happens there is like a lot of trill don't necessarily like i bet there's trill that like once they lose a host they just kind of hang out in the pool for like 100 years and then like i'm ready to go again
0: oh i guess but they... it
1: ma- it makes it sound like dax is just like i like being in a person over and over again
0: i guess they might just hang out in the pool
1: yes God, Trill. Trill Trill society's a mess. (laughs) Trill's dumb. Yeah. um, So they're hunting for the breeder because the thing that's inside that person is like, just like the gestational carrying thing, which is what was in the TNG episode with the weird predator head that burst out. (laughs)
0: Yes. They have a whole explanation about what the thing with the predator head was.
1: (laughs) Yes. And it is just like the carrier of the ones that have been birthed by the queen, which we never saw in TNG and we'll see here in a bit.
0: Um, uh, and this this seems very funny because it's like ever everyone's like, oh, Akaga will not let us do anything without authorization. But uh this is the Star Trek episode, so everything will be fine if we communicate with it, because that's what we're meant to do. And everyone agrees that this will be fine and nothing could possibly go wrong.
1: Uh in the Orb Vision, uh Benny Russell and Eli talk about fatherhood. Uh Benny convinces him to keep trying with his daughter, uh, and they both are like, Oh, we should probably get out of here. Uh which they do not do for another fucking ten chapters. Uh, <laughs> Kira then... Um, uh, Kira's like, I'm going to take responsibility for all this is happening with Guard being bonded. I'm going to be in charge. I'm the captain now. Uh, which is true. You've been the captain all along, Kira. Uh,
0: <laughs> yes, Kira, you are literally the captain.
1: Um, they find out that uh, the matriarch... Is, like, the real queen of the parasites sees the orbs and that's like, oh, she must be on Bajor. We can use that. Um and then they disconnect her from guard, it kills the parasite, the guard survives. The minute they disconnect the this like breeder queen, there's riots that break out on Bajor, and everyone on the station who was parasite uh infested is like freed from it. Uh Kira is, like, off to go figure out what's going on in Bajor because that's her job. When she's stopped by Wex, he's like, I need to tell you something. And Kira's like, well, save it till I'm done. Uh, and leaves.
0: Yep. Uh, uh, Wex just wanting to spoil the plot of this book. Like, Please, I like, have a reveal. I have a twist. And she's like, not now. Wait for a more dramatically convenient moment.
1: Yes. Uh Eli overhears Benny talking to the staff and is confused as the conversation is. Benny explained to the staff about things like fondness for people Uh, because Benny is just it seems like the thing that's happened here is Ben Sisko is aware that he is Benny Russell and is using this metaphor to try to teach the uh, the prophets about humanity because he knows no better way. Yeah, Which is fair enough, I guess. It makes it less It makes it makes less bad if Benjamin chose this as the way to express this stuff.
0: Yeah, I still think it wouldn't be how he would cho- choose this. It's not, yes, it's not no, good. I
1: disagree with the choice, but at least it's better than, this is what the wormhole is. Yeah, no, at least this being like, this is all Ben Sisko's way to teach uh, the like, prophets. Like, incept the prophets about humanity.
0: Yeah, and that, like, um, Vaughn's going to be his tool for this. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It's still done from Vaughn's perspective and definitely like frames Cisco as this really uncomfortable like I've got all the answers figure um but at least this one scene has like a little way to make it not as bad it's still bad but god uh, the Cisco's and the O'Briens
1: on Bajor are kidnapped by Parasite Bajorans, and then Opak and Vaughn are also kidnapped, uh, but Vaughn was in the middle of an orb vision, so his mind is still, like, in the orb space while they, like, cut it off from his body, you've ever seen... is like, oh shit.
0: Have you ever seen the Matrix Revolutions? <laughs> yes. Vaughn's off in the train station. Yes,
1: absolutely. <laughs> yep. Then he helps Eli escape a collapsing asylum as all this is happening. Um, And while doing so, is able to help Eli through his crisis uh, because uh, Benjamin Sisko can do whatever. It's his world.
0: Literally Uh, the same thing. Just like you just have to choose to be there in your daughter's life.
1: Yes. Uh, But it's way. Uh, I actually
0: really hate this stuff. Yes, it sucks. It's very trite. It's not just trite, but, like, as someone who has a shitty dad, the lines about, you will never stop calling her, never stop letting you know that you're there want to be part of her life. like, yeah, actually, if you're a shitty parent, you do have to respect that. Sometimes. Maybe. Yeah. But since the, since the scenario that they're in is already one
1: that started off on being a dumb thing, I feel like the resolution also being a dumb thing just makes sense.
0: Oh, sure. But uh, the things, like, what is treated as a profound lesson about fatherhood is... It makes me really uncomfortable This is someone who has, mm-hmm. has, like, tense relationships with my, with my dad. Like it? Yep. <laughs> my, my sister got letters from him for years that she never wanted. Uh, Kira leaves on Defiant, leaving Ro in
1: charge over many, many protests that Row is not capable of being in charge. And Kira's like, no, you got it. Don't worry about it. Uh, Cassie's group is imprisoned, coincidentally, with Opaka and Vaughn. So everyone is together for the end of the book. Unity. Yep. Uh, On the Defiant, Kira is like, O'Brien, can we violate the rules of Star Trek and beam someone down to Bajor through our cloak? And O'Brien's like, well, I don't think that's how anything works, but someone in my 101 level class floated this stupid idea that I think we could try.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And guess what? It works. (laughs) this is the classic star trek thing of uh can we chain the transporters together and everyone goes no but in like in very dramatic moments we definitely can and it will always yeah. work because dying in the middle of a fucked up transporter blast is boring
1: yes <laughs> uh so kira's like i'm gonna go beam down because she is kira Nerys, and she will always be the person who beams down she is just like kirk but actualizes a very good character oh i love kira so much um, Opaka in the hostage room Realizes the cast is about to go into labor Though she is, does not yet That's uh, like two chapters away <laughs> Yes uh, Kira beams down and f- inexplicably Finds Wex waiting for her uh, Saving her from some parasites who try to attack her um, Then Wex reveals Who Wex is, is And reveals herself to be Odo Everyone's here Everyone's here uh, Cass goes into labor uh, Ro begins the long stalling of Admiral Akar.
0: <laughs> yes, everyone has to do that, like, heroic bit to make the end of this book work. And Ro's role is to just be a fucking Starfleet diplomat bullshit, like, blocking yes, Akar. Be like,
1: oh, Kira's off working on something. And then can- you can wait in her office. Oh, she'll be right with you. <laughs> oh, I love Ro. Um, Odo and Kira reunite to fight the Parasite Monks. Uh, Odo explains that there's no time to explain. And then we get the narration of why he's here. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, Which is, he heard that Kai Opaka or Opaka and Jake were just, uh, or, Specifically, Opaka was tooling around the uh, Gamma Quadrant and wanted to go see what was going on, and then ran across her and Jake and decided that he was going to help his friends get back to Deep Space Nine. Did not expect to be stuck on Deep Space Nine in the middle of a parasite crisis, and
0: now having to save Kira, but he's happy to see Kira again. Yeah, just to say, unlike other characters, my status quo hasn't actually changed. I'm going back to the pool, but I guess I'm here for the plot.
1: (laughs) Yep um cast is having a rough time because giving birth is hard um we get a shot of eli and benny still escaping because this asylum collapses forever uh kira like looking around finds the giant parasite queen in the orb chamber and is like oh this is a big disgusting worm and then it like goes (laughs) to attack her and she doesn't know what to do and she does the first thing that comes to mind which is open all of the orb containers and Shoot magical light at the parasite queen. That's fair enough.
0: So from the beginning of this book, I was like expecting all along this book to end in a giant prophet Deus Ex Machina of some kind. Um, yes. Which, and I don't mean that as a bad thing. I was very excited for whatever bullshit it was going to be. Um, and the fact that it was Kira basically opening up the power, the fucking Bajor Lifestream stream to murder parasite worms. <laughs> yes.
1: Uh. So. We cut to the Dominion fleet that was lost in the wormhole several years back. Two years. Uh, do back. not re- do not realize it has been several years at this point, because um, they're like, we just came in. All oh, the Defiant disappeared. What's going on? And then on the bridge of the lead ship, uh, suddenly the Parasite Queen is here, and all of the Gemhadar rush to fight it, uh, because now the wormhole just has like the place they can put its enemies which is in the middle of this <laughs> this uh, dominion fleet that's going to be here forever seemingly everyone just goes to
0: the wormhole recycle bin of
1: like infinite time until the book that's definitely about the time the prophets forgot then let the fleet go and now it's menacing the alpha quadrant
0: yeah i thought they had come out the wormhole i thought that's what that meant but no, they're yeah. still in there just hanging out. Yeah. Like a like, yeah. Oh shit, I guess I guess that's where their fleet went. I guess they're gonna like come out and not realize the war was over. That's an interesting plot. Oh, it's I guess that'll yeah. be a plot of a later book. <laughs> uh,
1: Akar Akaar is really mad that Ro is giving them the runaround and they're about to have like an actual shouting match that might as well turn into fisticuffs, who could say? But they are interrupted with the news that the parasite menace is over and everyone who had a parasite is like expelling the parasite and everything's fine, and Akaar leaves in a huff
0: yep and Rose like fuck you i can do this yeah uh elias wakes up in
1: his body he is fine uh cast delivers a baby it is a baby girl congratulations cassidy yates and then in the middle of all that cisco shows up out of nowhere and she's like ben and then the chapter ends
0: yes cisco's on the cover of this book but he's barely there which is probably the right decision yep
1: uh So, everything is starting to settle down now that it's been a couple days and things have settled down. Uh, Quark finds out from Kira that the Nagus has made Quark's Bar the Ferengi embassy on Bajor now that Bajor is joining the Federation. So, he is still in business because Ferengi laws apply in the embassy, which means capitalism exists only in Quark's Bar. (laughs) What a stupid... quark is really excited until he realizes that, that means his brother did him a real big solid and is mad about that And <laughs> yeah,
0: then the way he's like oh my god my brother helped me out god fuck damn it. i guess i'm indebted to my brother even though ron's just being nice isn't expecting anything because he's literally king of capitalism um, he's he doesn't need anything from you quark he's just being nice uh, Char confronts
1: his parents and he's like, I'm going to keep working on the solution to the fertility crisis. And his parent is like, Well, I guess go look at your de- bag of dead babies. I'm going to go with <laughs> people who are still alive and try to salvage something of this. And that's kind of where we leave that.
0: <laughs> God, I wouldn't have read that. Uh, uh, yeah, that was really funny because, like like the Vaughn stuff, it's like we literally had this in the other book where he was umming an arrow but then decided, No, I will be true to myself and stay. And now he's doing that again.
1: Yep uh opaka goes and talks to yevir finally and they have a conversation she's like very happy with some of the stuff yevir's done with like finding the orbs and shit she's like i'm glad you reached out to the Cardassians. how could you not reach out to kira narice she's like the most faithful among us literally uh,
0: the best bajoran that's ever lived and you are shitting on her
1: Yes, and he's like, well, look at all the strife she caused. And he's like, she's like, no, her releasing the book didn't cause the strife. You attainting Kirin Arise caused the strife, which is very true. Which is very true, because that's what the whole thing was about. It was like, oh, we support yep. this. We don't support this.
0: Um,
1: um, Ro is hanging out in the exhibition of Zial's art that has been restored. Uh, And he's like, oh, I I've, I realized I'm going to stay with the Federation because John luc Picard sent me a uniform and a letter saying I should stay with the Federation um
0: uh not John Lee Picard j- necessarily but uh dash jlp
1: yes uh fair enough um and then while she's there she runs across a mysterious cardassian that she recognizes it's garrick everyone's just here. here
0: just here being shady and then he's like do you want to go have a reunion with any other characters he's like nah i'm fine i'm nah, leaving I'm to,
1: to, to deliver a mysterious explanation of why you should stay and then disappear again <laughs>
0: Ooh,
1: I love Garrick. Um, and so Garrick leaves, and she's watching the art, and we have this moment where both Quark and Roe, Laren have decided to stay on Deep Space Nine, but neither of them can tell the other because they don't want to break the heart of the person that they're with. It's of. pretty good, yeah. So, which is exactly where these two idiots should end up. Um. Vaughn then meets with Pryn and he like gives her a real apologies like I'm sorry that I've been weird I'm sorry that I've been putting all this all on you like I felt a lot of guilt and I'm gonna try to be there for you if you need a father we could like hang out some time it's basically the stuff that happened in the other book good but like meandering and stupid I've also seen the wrestler, <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, it's so much better in the other book.
1: Yes, um,
0: remember when that alien was just wanted to have a friend in another universe? Yeah. And he realizes the pain that could be caused by reaching out to other people because it had a plot that wasn't just some fucking worms and was about things. Yes. Ugh
1: uh kira and Cisco meet uh Cisco comes up to ops and everyone bursts into applause like captain on the bridge and they all have a nice moment and then kira takes him in the office toss him the baseball and is like well it's yours if you want it and Cisco's is like you're the captain now i'm gonna go home i'm gonna hang out with my wife and my baby get fucked all of this they offered me an admiralty before i fell down into the volcano i'm not taking that either
0: i just realized what happened <laughs> Everyone's standing around, giving him applause. He throws the baseball back and goes, I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife. (laughs) He literally does. (laughs) He not only says that, he does that at the end of this book. (laughs) Oh, I love Clue.
1: You know, um, uh, anyway, everyone is planet side, including inexplicably the entire command staff of the Enterprise. (laughs) Yeah,
0: what are they uh, doing there?
1: I don't know, because it's a Star Trek book, and maybe you don't care enough about Deep Space Nine, so here's Picard. Like, <laughs> wait, 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 is Picard th- Why is Picard there? What? No, no, no. Uh, everyone's there, has moments. There's this like thing where... Uh, Kira and Odo are there and they realize oh here's like I know Odo's going back and it's fine I'll let him I'm just happy to have him here in this moment and then why is my security officer and Quark standing so close together (laughs) like one (laughs) after the other
0: (laughs) Uh, flashing back to one of our favorite moments in this entire thing uh, which is when uh, Odo sent that message that played in front of the entire she's like ah, how subtle no one will know it's a reference to us (laughs) and then Vaughn's like scratching his collar, like oh that was awkward guys Yes, and then her and
1: Ben have this moment where they at each other across a crowd that is probably like millions of people.
0: <laughs> Every character in Star Trek who's ever had also—it's weird that Picard is here, but it's also the funniest, most accurate Enterprise thing to just fucking show up post crisis to like a unity party show up and be
1: like, "I'm the one who convinced Ben Cisco to come here, so you can say I did this." <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, the Enterprise sucks. Yep. Uh, and then our final chapter, we find Benjamin on Bajor uh, after a night having a nice meal with everyone. Uh, this, the O'Briens are leaving. Uh, his father and Jake are leaving. His father's going back to the restaurant. Jake apparently has a taste for adventure now and is going out into space. Um, he settles in to sleep with, uh, uh, with Cassidy. He's happy to be home. And he realizes that the prophets have let him go because he has an important purpose ahead. Uh, but that is for another book, and for now, he's just going to enjoy being happy with his family.
0: I'm so yeah. fucking hype for Cisco versus the Ascendants in Battle of the Gods. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, Sisko coming back is a kind of. Like, the way the show ends, it definitely plays that he is not even if he comes back he'll be changed he's like uh, on a different plane of existence now yes uh and that's still going to be true and like it's not going to be as true as the show implies it because that like books will need to have cisco in them to sell copies right um but at least the concept of cisco has been granted corporeal form because it's time for the gods to fight the other gods the par the chumps let's go uh is pretty good like the
1: way they depict cisco is that cisco has all these like god knowledge but is mostly just not going to tell anyone about it because how could you explain this
0: stuff to mere mortal yeah uh, i'm yeah it's really good him being like no i'm absolutely not going to become an admiral fuck stuff like i'm just going to be this like religious warrior for the rest of my life
1: Yep. uh which i'm excited to get to someday who can say when?
0: i mean multiple decades yeah like these plot lines are still going on <laughs> Yeah. Because this was the point where the DS9 relaunch was the only relaunch, but then they have to bring everyone else in, and the DS9 stuff gets kind of pushed to the background. So, you know, I assume this is uh, not as central going forward in the Star Trek universe.
1: Yeah, probably not.
0: There's a big time skip at some point. There we go. That's this the book. book was really good. Yeah, for I, I kind of. I don't know. It's weird because like nothing happens, and the
1: stuff that does happen, I hate half of it. But then my my main conclusion when I was done was like, oh, I really enjoyed this.
0: I was like bored for at least sixty percent of the book, furious with about ten percent of it, and then I was done. I was like, oh, that was a great time. <laughs> like, who can say? It? Land of contrast I guess. Yep. Uh, I assume, like, Kara's attainder will be, like, removed at some point now that Yeve has been shamed into being God, I hope nice. so. But also,
1: she's just, like, the actual Starfleet captain of Deep Space Nine now, so that's exciting. Yeah, uh, four pips. Yeah, I mean, she had them at the end of Deep Space Nine, so. I think
0: she had the four pips.
1: Uh, I think they made her a captain because uh, a colonel is a captain in, like, the rank is commensurate.
0: Oh, okay. Was that... I didn't know how that... Yes.
1: yes, because when Cisco walks in, he's like, "How's it feel to be a captain for real now? And she's like, feels like a demotion,
0: because she was a colonel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, she was a, she was a major than a colonel. A yeah. captain does feel lower than a colonel, but who Who am I to uh, discuss naval ranks with? Yes. Everyone knows a captain's uh, the one you want to be. Yeah. Don't let him put you behind a desk. Sisko's like, no, I'm gonna go fuck my
1: wife. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, it's funny.
1: Uh, yep. And so that's Unity. That's the end of this arc for now, because it's the end of the beginning of the DS Nine relaunch. Yeah, I guess. we got
0: the three worlds books, and then there's a mirror universe thing, um, and then there's a big time skip because that's like post Destiny stuff.
1: Yeah, um, I I assume these characters show up in some of the big crossover stuff also. Oh
0: yeah, like some of them show up in Destiny, but there's no actual DS Nine book for a while.
1: Yeah. Um, but like at some point, the idea of a DS9 v- book versus a TNG book starts to break down.
0: Yeah, but that's that is off. That is even later than that. Okay. Uh, like, cause there's the Destiny stuff, but then there's a few years later as the Typhon Pack stuff, and by that point, everyone's on the same page. Okay. Because uh, yeah, at some point, the Star Trek books uh, just they just have books. Like the Fool is just a series because they're like instead of crossing over like seventeen different series, we should just write books. Yeah um so we'll
1: see how this ends up going yep uh but not next time next time we're going all the way back to the beginning no that's enterprise we're going back to the other beginning
0: (laughs) i've got faith of the heart
1: Uh, and we're gonna read that sorrow book fear itself which i'm very excited for i hope it's better than the Lorca book because holy shit it can't not be it can't not be you would think i'm really excited to read i'm really excited to get back into a discovery book though i want to know more about saru i like
0: saru a lot um we have not done the promised episodes we were we've been very busy um what episodes have we promised uh the two shorts have been released oh i didn't know that other short had come out yet they are one a month so we are at the second one uh we might do one at some point we no promises on the schedule at some point we will cover those in some form we will cover them before discovery airs absolutely yes it might end up yeah. being like one episode for all of them. It might like, we don't know a lot of busy things going on, but we will watch them and to talk about them when we do.
1: Yep. That's uh, it. So That's it. Thanks everybody. Um, you can find me at EM underscore being on Twitter. You can find Jackson at head Balls off Jackson. Tell people about our podcast website and network. And <laughs> you
0: yes. get, you can find us yeah. at abnormal com, which is where a bunch of podcasts can be found, uh, including abnormal mapping, which is a game club where we play a game. Um, every month and we talk about it at the bestgame.club, also the amri score uh where molly and i read the comics of cohen and cambria and listen to the music of cohen and cambria it's pretty bad sometimes but it's uh it's it's ruined your life you got invested and then disappointed by it which is incredible because of how it was never good in the first place and it still managed to let you down. No, but it was like a, it
1: was like a very specific type of fun bad and then it just became really bad <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, watching you get your heart broken by fucking Cohen and Cambria lore in real time by listening to a podcast. And I
1: don't even like the music, which is the dumbest <laughs> part of all
0: this. Uh do like a single song. Many people have gone on this journey with us and enjoy us doing this bullshit with this lore. Uh, so I hope you will enjoy that too. It's at Uh We have various other podcasts, too many to main list here. Um, you can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash mapping. And if you support us for a dollar a month or more, you get access to The Great Gundam Project, which is the podcast everyone actually likes because we watch Gundam two episodes a week and you can watch along uh, it is definitely our most popular show despite being for money but it's cheap so you could get in pretty easily
1: yeah it's also good
0: it's really if you good like,
1: if you like these summaries you just get us doing that every week about an anime and uh, we get in the weeds on sci-fi shit and politics shit all the time yep yeah, we sure do uh, that's it thanks everybody until next time I will see you out there captain Join me
0: Out of the tree of
1: life I just picked me a plum You came along And everything started to hum Still it's a real good bet The best is yet to come The best is yet to come And babe, won't it be fine You think you've seen the sun But you ain't seen it shine Wait till the warm-up's underway Wait till our lips have met Wait do you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Come the day you're
0: mine
1: Wait till your charms are ripe For these
0: arms to surround
1: You think you've flown before but you ain't left the ground Now wait till you're locked in my embrace Wait till I draw you near Wait till you see that sunshine place Ain't nothing like it The best is yet to come and babe won't it be fine The best is yet to come The best is yet to come